tell us about how much money property is actually making you. Because I've had someone tell me the other day, property is a slow burner. If I have a 60K month, that's a bad month. That's a struggling month. So what, what's a good month? I've seen 100 in a month. Whatever anyone does, if they're going to get into property, they need to consider what are they going to do with that property once they get it. If you're looking for something passive, it's property, I wouldn't say, is the one. If you're trying to use the property to make money. Guys are sliding in girls' DMs, sliding a billionaire's DMs the same way. Like, you just, ah, oh, she posted a story, and catch her now. You know them ones? <laughs> yeah, that's my tune too, you know, I was rather just listening to that. You can catch them the same way, but everyone's attention is on the wrong thing. Yeah. Like, literally on the wrong thing. So focus on one thing for a long time. Louder mates, louder girls. Save as much as possible. Don't worry about no drip, because trust me, next season, that, that drip was going to be old season. Don't even matter. True. You know what I'm saying? And if you wash it wrong one time, the drip's dead. But that's how the game's designed to be. It's designed to keep young people in the illusion of youth for as long as possible, so that by the time that they decide that they want to do something better with their life, their lives, the, the key years have passed. Welcome, Michael. Thanks for jumping on the CEO of You podcast. Nice, nice for you to travel down. Yeah, yeah. Mm, especially me. how we both grew up from um, Newtown as well, around yeah, yeah. the upstairs there. So, what mm. I want to start is with a big question. Mm. So, I've I've heard about you before, mm. and obviously, I had the chance to meet you a few a few weeks ago now. Okay. So, what is it that you do exactly? So, I do property and social housing primarily in Birmingham. Um, property investor and also manage properties on behalf of other people. Um, but in the last, since 2019, I've focused more so on the social housing side of things. That's taking the properties and use them, using them for some sort of social benefit. Okay. Is that like HMOs? That's the only thing I know when it comes to yeah, properties. Yeah, so um, it's actually not just HMOs. It could just be a single unit as in placing a family, but more mm. so HMOs. So breaking down the houses, making them fit for multiple people to share, and then those that are on benefits, struggling or facing a hard time, I can place them and support them back into independence. Okay, so what I want to ask you is, why did you decide to go to property? Uh, growing up, it was always seen as a route to, to wealth. Um, it was seen as a safe way to, you know, really make your name in the world and really have something that you can pass on for like generational wealth. Mm. So even before I had children, like my parents always used to kind of go on about property and everyone that I knew that had money, whoever that was, always seemed to put it into property in some way, shape or form. So it was okay. just natural. So when did property start with you? Property for me started around 2018. 2018. So um, around that time I was able to buy and also lease, do some rent to rents on some properties. But it was intentional. Like it wasn't just, um, that's when I was able to get over the hill and get into property. Okay. But prior to that, there was a lot of like research and like mm. preparation. So it was probably like a two year plan. So like, I just want to get, I just want to try and get an insight. So you said, obviously growing up, you mm. said a lot of people do property and also your mom and dad recommended it. Mm. What was it like for you growing up? Because we've had someone who's grew up around Newtown before, that's True Pal, mm. and he also oh, spoke yeah, about yeah. his experiences. So what was it like growing up in Newtown? Around okay. I would say I had it hard. Like, um, grew up with my mum primarily, and uh, she definitely did her best to make sure everything was good. Mm. But, you know, similar st like standard story, not much money, trying to find your way in life and all that kind of stuff. There are a lot of negative influences. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, definitely grew up, saw a lot of mad stuff, um, but fortunately was able to not get too deep into it. Okay, okay. okay. I want to know, how did you... How much did it cost you to get your first property? 
For about 20 grand. 20 grand. Mm. Mm. So did you just do a lot of saving up until that point? Or did you just work really hard for like a short amount of time? I worked hard for a short amount of time. Mm. Um, the reality is I had a business and I was able to pay myself a wage. So I just made sure the wage was by the end of that process going to add up to the deposit and also show the affordability on the mortgage. Okay. Yeah. So, what, so what, what was your first business venture to be able to afford a property? Um, so I had a lot of different business ventures. Um, the main one before what I'm doing now was just importing goods from China. So um, specifically for the catering supply, there was a lot of uh, other little things that I did, like for example, when Sedgways were a thing, yeah, the same yeah. contacts that I had in China, they were able to give me quite cheap, so I would ship them over. I even had a stall in Grand Central station, oh, yes, um, yeah. which was like a whole next mad story. Um, <laughs> can we hear that story? Long story short, it was a very, it's a very expensive store because if you think Grand Central, like yeah. like next to where the John Lewis is shut down now, but yeah, imagine yeah. just being outside John Lewis selling anything. That's an expensive. It was a bag a week. A bag a week. It was a bag a week. Oh. You know, whatever. They don't make make sure you're earning a bag a week because that's the rent a grand a week. Mm. So I committed to that um, with my previous business business partner. Would like not really much notice, and the idea was we're going to sell the sedgeways. But these times now, sedgeways start blowing up, and they're illegal yeah. on the roads, and all these kind of things. There, we did actually manage to break even, and even made a little profit. To be fair, but the stress, the stress, the stress mm. was high still. So what have you learned from that from that first business venture? Well, the Sedgeways things, that was just like a little side mission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I did learn from my main business is um, you need to be aware of the economic landscape and the political landscape, as in laws can change, the econo- economic environment can change, and it can affect your business. So mm-hmm. putting that in a simple term, if you're importing goods from, say, China, and then they raise VAT or shipment shipping charges or something like that. It's going to just mess up your whole margin. So shipping became expensive. When I was paying, say, a grand, it quickly became two grand. Mm. But that that extra grand might have been like half of my margin. Mm. Um, Brexit became a thing. Oh, uh, yeah. it, it didn't really affect most people in some ways. But now your um, your relationships with people start to change because... Before there was a nice clear route of how they, these uh, items were going to get to you. Now, either you pay more or it has to go around a different way because because we're no longer part of the EU. It can't go through the EU so yeah. easy. So understanding these things beforehand and how they're going to affect you when it's at the conversation stage, not at the voting stage and passing the law stage. like Because mm. Brexit wasn't just like out of the blue. If you're really paying attention, you will know about these things sometimes years in advance. Mm. But it's easy for us to say, oh, that don't affect me. I don't, I don't really need to know about that. Until you realise, oh, actually it does, but I never knew it was going to affect me in this way. Yeah. So understanding things on that level and not really being ignorant to when you see these things in the news thinking it's not going to affect you, look for how it's going to affect you because it probably will. So one of like, the major crises, obviously, <coughs> everyone's facing, even in my mum, mm. cost of living. Oh, yeah, mad too. How has that affected you? <laughs> so, so mad too. Yeah, for me... Um, the adverse effect is utilities. The utility prices have you know, gone through the roof and all that kind of stuff there. But for me, as a housing provider, yeah. especially for HMOs, I am liable for the utilities. So if the gas and electric doubles, that's my expenses doubling. Mm-hmm. But my income hasn't doubled. And especially in social housing, I can't pass on that cost in, f- in the form of rent to 
the people in the rooms to my residents. Mm. So now I've got a much bigger expense with the same income. Yeah. So that's the biggest way it's, it's yeah. tough. It's, it, it, it's, we're in, we're the, I'm in the fight now. It's, it is tough. Yeah. It's not being tough. It's currently tough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's a serious problem. And I'm seeing people um, being put out of business as a result. Because it's literally like, you might have had a good business yesterday. And now because of this, you haven't got any margin. Um, but if we're talking like over like 20, 30 properties, and each of those properties have gone from say, four, 500 to six, 700. Yeah, that's, that's a big, big difference, that's big difference. Big. per month. That's it's a serious thing. Um, but then on the positive side, unfortunately, most because pe more people are struggling, more people need the service that I offer. So I've also seen an increase in the people using the services that I have to provide. Okay. So pros and cons. So tell us about tell us about how much money property is actually making you. Because I've had someone tell me the other day, property is a slow burner. Property can be a slow burner. I would say property is a slow burner still because the difference in what I do is I run a service in property. I don't mm. rely on property to make me money. Property is the assets that is needed to run the service. So I would say that whatever anyone does, if they're going to get into property, unless they have a, like a really high paying job, hustle, income, business or whatever on the side where property becomes more of a storage for money, they need to consider what are they going to do with that property once they get it. Mm. If you're looking for something passive, it's property, I wouldn't say, is the one if you're trying to use the property to make money. So what are you going to do in the property? I always looked at property um, and thought about the McDonald's model where, you know, that whole thing where they say prop, uh, McDonald's is really in the business of real estate. Yeah, I've oh, seen that. It's not really about the burgers. Mm -hmm. Burgers is what, what are they going to do once they've got that real estate yeah. over the hundred years that they're going to be operating, that property is going to like triple and quadruple in value and they're buying it at a great price in a great location. That's fine. But to keep it warm, they'll sell burgers and the burgers is what's going to bring the money in right now. Yeah, I get you. You know what I'm saying? So mm. imagine you're in the business of real estate, but what's going to be your burger and fries? What's going to be the service business that you're going to run with that property? For me, it was social services. Yeah. How much yeah. does that make? Would you say roughly per house? Well, there's there's different levels to the service. Some people mm. do children's and, you know, people are, some people are doing like adults with say autism and all kinds of different things like that. For the level I do, speaking some real numbers, you can probably, you can probably say each bed space is worth about 750 per month. Okay. Seven fifty per month, and that's that. That is paid for directly from the council. However, they are not giving away anything for free. They know exactly why they're paying that, and they've done the calculation to the penny as yeah. to why that is necessary. So they're paying an element of rent. They're paying an element of maintenance within that, mm. and also to unlock that, you need to add the element of support. So they will not pay unless you show the element of at least one hour of sufficient support showing growth and de development in that person, but they won't pay for the support. Is it one hour per week? It's one hour per week, but okay. really, ideally, it should be more. Mm -hmm. Because if someone doesn't turn up for a week, now you're behind playing catch-up. Okay. You know what I mean? So yeah. one hour and a half, ideally, is good. So every two weeks, you've, you've got that extra hour uh, to cover yeah. yourself. Because if the government do an audit, they normally look at the, like, the last two, three months of support. 
And I want to see nice, clean, consistent support. So if you've got someone on, off, on, off, on, off, 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 on, mm-hmm. and, it, and it doesn't even add up to an hour a week, chances are they'll just take back the whole money. Okay, so, so with that, the cost of living, what's one of your biggest fears? Because as you said, it's still affecting you and probably be affecting you for a long time. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't really say fears. Um, I would say more challenges. And that is utilities, really. Everything else is pretty much standard. Um, utilities is a thing. And also the cost of rent is a thing. Um, all my landlords I've had I've had good relationships with for a while now so they understand what's going on but I'm seeing the attitude of new landlords changing they're pocket watching they're saying oh you're making 750 per bed so I want oh. X <laughs> but they don't understand that there's actually running costs that go into that mm. so even going back to that 750 they're paying that for an element of rent and an element of maintenance but they're not paying the support fee so where who's paying for the staff actually go out there and do it yeah and then also they're not paying for um operational cost of a business there's other things that go into running the business other than the support staff such as um an office the admin the actual maintenance man yeah. you know what i mean that we employ full-time there's a lot of other things that marketing that's not paid for so that 750 per bed sounds good until you actually you start bet. chipping away at it yeah you know what question i've got does does how much money you get depending on how how big the house is so let's say if it's a seven bedroom compared to a four bedroom would you get like more per month it, for the seven honest, it, it does change a little bit to be fair um and that's that's something called rent settings so they'll look at it they'll look at it and say all right it probably costs more to run a six bed than it does a four bed but we're talking pounds oh, okay we're oh, talking so pounds okay, okay. yeah so if it, if it was 750 for the four bed you might get 752 for the six bed it, they literally, it, they literally are very calculated. Mm. It, they're not giving you're not getting any anything extra for free. Okay. So how do you handle people that? What, what if they don't want to do this the support work? How do you handle that? So w- what we're talking about now is how do you vet? How do you vet your clients or residents? Because it's mm. the same thing in any business. And the reality is, you need to know who you're trying to target from the start. You need to have that customer avatar. You need to know what your ideal customer looks like from day one. And just target those people. And anytime someone that doesn't fit that criteria comes along, either you look and see whether they can, or you have to say no. So most of the um, most of that is omitted from the very start. We have a an application that someone needs to fill out, and it literally says, "Are you okay with doing support?" And I I um I designed it myself, and I put it in a way where it's not a yes or a no. It's yeah, I'm okay, but sometimes I may struggle. Mm. Nah, I'm not doing that. I never like. I'm good. I don't need that kind of support. And it's yes, I actually need the support. So again, it become it comes down to communication and getting the answers that you need from the people that are applying to come and work with you. So yeah. if someone says I'm not, I'm not on that. I don't want to do it. This is not. I just want a roof. Alright, this is the place for you. If someone comes in and then doesn't do it, it's a conversation. And um, I think we spoke about this on the podcast that we did previously, where. Uh, customer retention is what yeah. I'm trying to focus on at the moment mm. so if someone comes and they've got a bad attitude and saying I, I don't want to do it I'm sitting down with them and I'm trying to think well you know what's up why don't you want to do it do you know that this is tailored towards you like you d- it's not a tick box exercise I actually want to help you in fact mm. if you actually engage in support a lot of our people actually do move into their own independent accommodation so let's just play ball let's work together let's do what we need to do hopefully we can have that kind of conversation 
and it will move people forward. If after mm-hmm. that we can't, it's got to go. Okay. So what, what, what is it? What kind of people do you deal with? So people tend to think it's like the worst of the worst, lowest of the low, it, but it, it, it really isn't. Um, I've had people that are super highly qualified, master's degree, Sorry. like way more qualified or educated than I am. Um, it really just depends on the person's circumstance. So the real criteria is they are on benefits or some form of state benefits, or it could even be a pension. It doesn't have to be like UC or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it, they have to have some clear needs for support. So for example, over this time, a lot of people are suffering with um, stress, depression, and anxiety. Um, and without this support, it may cause them to fall into a downward spiral. Okay. As long as I can clearly show that on their like uh, initial entry document, mm. then they have, uh, they're, they're eligible. Because sometimes we have invisible issues that you know don't show themselves in like a physical disability or a physical behavior. It could be things that are inside people that you can't see. But when you speak to them, you realize actually you're in a low place. You yeah. need help right have, now. Have you ever had anyone who you felt was in a really low place and you needed to get them in? Everyone's in a low place, man. Everyone. Everyone. Is not, it's not for me to... I'm not... Obviously not. Yeah, everyone's in a low place. But yeah. now everyone's in a low place. Everyone's, if, you come in, if, you, if you're in a place where you don't know really where you're, where you're going to lay your head like mm-hmm. consistently and you kind of... It's a, it's a thing. You're in a low place. Yeah. So I treat everyone the same in that way. There's no one more worse off than other. You all need, you know, you all need a home. So how much profit can can social housing actually make you then? Well, social housing can make a good profit depending on the level that you're doing. The level that I do, the margins are actually quite slim. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how to structure the business, it can be um, it can be very hard to run. And a lot of people are actually shutting up shop and, and handing back keys to the landlords. Mm-hmm. So to give you to give you to, to be real with some numbers. If I have a month, if I have a 60K month, that's a bad month. That's a struggling month. So what's been your Dear best me. month? <laughs> 60K month, See, bad yeah. month. What's been, your, what's been your best month? So what, what's a good month? Yeah. So what's a, what's a, good a, month? a good month would start with a seven. Okay, now what's your best month? I've seen 100 in a month. I've seen 100 in a month over in, in a certain period of time. But again, most of it goes back into the business. Yeah. yeah. Like the reality is... Our business, are the profit margins... No, nah, they're not good. Not good. They're not good. Okay. The mar- the margins really how we run it are around two point five to five percent. Oh, okay. Okay. Two point five to five percent's really thin because we do put it into, into back into the property. Yeah. So you'll find that our support team is really good. Like um, we have we have enough support staff to actually deliver the support. Yeah. Um, we have a full time maintenance man, um, going out every single day, fixing, changing, amending, making things right. Um, we don't have people living in substandard conditions. Like, I'm happy to go to anyone when I'm on my properties at any time. And apart from someone being a bit messy, the quality is somewhere that I would stay easily, mm-hmm. no problem. So, um, when you actually run a ship like that, you'll find that those margins they're yeah. actually quite tight. Yeah. And then when you got the utilities tripling, that's when it goes 2.5 percent the other way. Yeah. You know what I mean? But again, it depends on how you structure the business because I've had to learn a lot and grow a lot in running this business and I've understood that we also need to start looking at funding grants, mm-hmm. being, being acting more like a charity because what we're doing is a charitable service. 
and the council's not paying for the charitable service side of what we're doing. They're just demanding it to unlock their side of okay, it. Yeah, yeah. So now that I've kind of understood that in, say, the last six months, it's opened up a whole other avenue for revenue. The charity side of it remains charitable, mm-hmm. solely for the use of the people. And then we'll start freeing up the income on the okay. actual just normal company side, which is just property management. Mm. You know what I mean? But again, this is just business. This is just learning how to structure and pivot within business. You might go one way, going hard. You're seeing these big numbers thinking, oh, what's, the, what's the problem? But you realise, actually, I need to restructure the way this business operates in order to make it viable. Yeah. I was going to say, obviously, with working with the people you do, I'm guessing you have to express a lot of empathy <coughs> to understand where they're coming from and everything. Yeah. So I want to know, how does that affect, affect you mentally when that's what you see a lot of the times? Um, in the earlier stages, I would say it affected me more because um, I was still growing, I was still going through my own things. So I'm, I'm coming across people with problems that sometimes I haven't even seen before. Mm. And I'm listening to them, I'm thinking, oh, it's kind of it's kind of deep still. Like, mm. And then you're going home and then like it's kind of on your head. Mm. And then it was getting worse when like, um, because again, when you don't know who your client is, you're accepting anyone. Yeah, anyone would, anyone, it's like having a business and saying, oh, who's your client? Who's your client? Anyone that has money. Anyone that needs, it's like being McDonald's and saying, oh, anyone that wants to eat is my customer, but it's not really. So I was accepting people that were that had needs that were higher than what I could actually handle. Um, they, they needed to go to like specialists and professional places and all that kind of stuff there. So I'm accepting these people and I'm working with these people and I'm helping them, but really this isn't the service for those people. Mm-hmm. Really they need to be referred to the relevant places. So dealing with that was quite hard initially and I had to learn how to like kind of just put a barrier between myself mm. and the work. Did you ever feel like you was taking work home though, in a way? Yeah, I, I, well, like I take work home all the time. Like all, all the time. time, it's normal. It's normal. Do you think it affects your personal life? Yes, it does affect my personal life, but um, it's a sacrifice that I've made though. Like the level that I'm trying to get to, personal life is business and business life is, is, is personal. And everyone around me knows that there isn't really much of a differentiation between that I've, I've i'm kind of working on it a little bit more now yeah but at, to get to this point there isn't there isn't a personal life what is that point say that question a different way <laughs> As in, what is the point that you're trying to get to at the moment for this period in time i just want to be the number one provider of social housing within the west midlands okay for this supported accommodation because the industry is broken the industry's been abused as well a lot of people have gotten and has run it totally red how do you mean as in more regulation is coming in now and i came in at a time where regulation was more normal or it was at least being spoken about more but prior to me coming in because i think this has been going for about 20 years now we're just talking about houses like full of just undesirable people left to their own devices no maintenance no support Lying about the support so they could unlock the, the money that was, you know, coming from the council. Yeah. Just eating. Wow. Just eating. And that's what's really destroyed the industry. So I've come in now and I haven't been spoiled because I don't know the, the, the wrong way to do it. Mm. But a lot of people that were doing it the wrong way, who are some of the biggest providers, like, you know, they're kind of, their backs against the wall now where, like, they're starting to get the clawbacks. Clawbacks yeah. being the council saying, give us all the money back because you can't prove that you're delivering the service. Okay. But that's a new thing. 
Or that's relatively that's, that's new. new that it's relatively new. new. It's like it, it it's turned up in the last couple of years because the government like really put a spotlight on this industry and had a, a had a had more resources allocated towards weeding out the bad providers. Mm. But now it's been seen that I've like twenty thousand bed spaces. Most of them are not being run that well. Yeah. So I just look at it as an opportunity because I am committed to this. Like for me, done right. I can really have an influence in this sector. So mm. it's more than just the money. So I want to know, who actually educated you to get to where you are today? Was, did you have any mentors or any guidance? Or was this everything just do it and learn as you go? I think, I think um, there's no one in particular. Um, I'm more, uh, what's the word? I have more people that I actually target for mentoring now. But growing up, it's just everyone you everyone around, everything you see, mm. everything you read, everything you hear, mm. and just trying to make sense of it all. You know what I mean? Because uh, especially coming from where we're coming from, like you might just see the older lads do certain things. Some lads seem to stand out a little bit more than others. So yeah. you start just taking little bits from them and trying to form yourself self after them. Okay, so from like a, a grown man to a younger man, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to get into property? Just know why you're getting into property. I know what you're going to do because like, it is a slow burner. Like When I first got into property, I was there was, um, there was a feeling of, hang on, what do I do now? Because I've dumped whatever money I had into this property. That was all my life savings and stuff, everything I've worked hard for and saved and, and done. And now this property is giving me a couple hundred quid a month. That's not enough. I can't live off that. Which, is, which, which actually made my pivot into social housing happen because I had to find a better strategy to bring me more income. But still, um, getting into property, everyone's like doing this whole, um, like on Instagram and YouTube, like financial freedom, mm-hmm. you're 12 months and you'll be nice. And <laughs> it's, not, it's, not really, it's not really like that. It's not really like that. And they're, they're some of these, there's some great people out there as well. I'm not even throwing no shade at any of these um, guys promoting any courses. Like what they're saying isn't wrong, but I don't think people's personal circumstances and mindsets are taken into account enough. You know what I mean? Because I think coming from the inner city, sometimes you have a lot of limitations on you as well. That there's a lot of um, like inner work that people need to do growing up. Yeah, mm-hmm. we spoke about this. We're true about obviously a lot of limitations of young black men in the living. Yeah, hundred percent. So, what are some of the limitations you've seen yourself firsthand from young people living um, in the city? The inability to work together. Well, because the reality is like, like you two are partners. Imagine if you could get ten a year together. There'd be oh, nothing that boy. you couldn't do. Everyone's just working on the same thing. <laughs> Trust me, no no ego. Mm. No like, oh, he's looking a bit bigger than I am. I don't really like that. And yeah. girl comes in the room, she's looking at him, but she's not looking at you. But that was the girl that you like now. You two are beefing. And <laughs> like, there's too much of them little silly things. But I guess that some of it comes with age. And I don't think it's um, specific to um, young black men either. Like You go anywhere. And it, it's just an age thing. It's an age bracket thing. Mm. And we need to just learn how to drop the ego quicker. The quicker you can do it, the quicker you can really get to a focused bag. Like if someone's got a better idea than you, be okay to say, you know what? That actually makes more sense than what I'm bringing to the table. So let's follow you. Your, I'll, I'll follow your lead. Mm-hmm. If we could get to that place quicker, then, you know, so that's that, what it's about. Has there been a point in your life where you've had to like reflect on yourself and actually change the way you think or approach things? All the time, man. Month to month. So what's been the most? Month to month. The month to month. Yeah, hell okay. yeah. So what's, what's, what's been one of the most for you where you've really had to turn your life around or maybe change the way you think? 
a pivotal moment where you look back and it was like, yeah, this is where I fixed or changed. I think it's hard to put it like that because I've always been quite reflective on myself. Mm. Um, and to be honest, I would say the biggest thing is when, when you really get to the point where you're trying to get to that next level, you are going to make people feel uncomfortable and people are going to make you know that they're uncomfortable with the changes that you're trying to make in yourself. And it's important for you to say, is this a genuine, is, it, is this, am I doing something wrong? Or is it them? Mm-hmm. And there's a fine line between knowing whether, nah, you know what, I'm tripping. Let me fix up. I'm, I'm, I'm acting a certain type of way. Or actually, I'm not doing something wrong. They're just uncomfortable. They don't even know why they're uncomfortable. But it's because I'm leveling up. You ever watched The Matrix before? I actually haven't. I've, I've watched, I watched the new one, the recent one that came out. Uh, you, sh- you should watch it still. And you know, like, they've got the agents. Yeah. But the agents are like, yeah the friend could transform into an agent all that kind of stuff they're like I do believe that there's that kind of programming put into us I don't know where it's come from but there's an agent in friends and family where Mm. once you start kind of pushing up against the ceiling or going a little bit too far all of a sudden you sure you want to do that that don't really make too much sense and why are you doing that though and all that kind sometimes it can get it, it, it can really get a bit much so you need to know when you're dealing with someone who's just genuinely giving you some points of reflection that you need to reflect on or when you need to ignore it because it's an agent. Okay. Do you have any idea how you can tell when they're giving, I don't want to call it bad advice, just hate? I don't, I don't really like using the word hate because most people are just ignorant. The things that you're trying to achieve, if you're trying to achieve anything beyond what we've normally seen growing up, most people would never, they've never seen it. Even, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, we're growing up. We're, we're growing up with them um, influencers, artists, and entertainers, sports stars as our r- reference of what is possible. You know what I mean? But first of all, we need to start educating ourselves on who are actually the real um, business people and shapers and movers in this world. Once you get those kind of metrics, you start knowing what's possible. But then, when you know that, and you're speaking to people that only have like a rapper. As a, as a, yo, he's doing his thing. Yeah. Mm. You're talking two different languages. So when you start mm. saying, oh, yeah, I want to go do international business, it sounds a bit mad. Like, what are you talking about? Like, my man just made 100 <laughs> bags when he got signed to Sony. Yeah, I hear it. It don't, hear really, it. it don't really make that much sense. So you're going you're gonna to start rubbing up against each other the wrong way. It's like even like the highest paid person that most people can imagine, if you're talking about coming from these environments, are like, say a footballer, a footballer mm-hmm. might be on like 50k a week and that might be like a local boy footballer. Mm-hmm. So when you say, yeah, I'm going to do this thing, you know, I'm gonna, I think we'll probably end up making 100k a week. In the, in the subconscious, they might not even, they might not even, even on, comprehend the numbers, but in the, in the subconscious, they're going to think, what are you talking about? You're telling me you're going to make more than, than Benzema. <laughs> like, are we, what are you talking about? Like, all right, mate. Yeah. So it's not even a, it's not even a, it's not even a negative, it's just, I've never seen it. How can I believe? How can you just grew up with me? How could I ever comprehend that? The only people I've ever seen t- even touch the money you're talking about are the footballers. Mm-hmm. Never mind, mm-hmm. they don't even know about the agents or the managers. Who's paying the footballers? What are they making? So when you start yeah. saying, I want to be the guy that cuts the check for the footballer, it don't make no sense because we've never seen that person. Who is that person? I want to say club directors. All right, well, how, what are they on a week? They're loaded stuff, I can't imagine 
That's what I'm saying. But then the reality is the club owner is probably not on 100k a week. Now, what you tell me then, what would the club owner be on for a football club? Way more than 100k a week. Why? I wouldn't say he's on a wage. I know. I, I wouldn't say. See, that's, that, see, that's what I'm saying. That's now. We, now we're getting closer to it. He's probably not on a wage. I think that's to him. That's just an. Asset. That's an expense. It's just expense. Mm. I would say it's an asset. Uh, you know, it's a, it, the footballer is an asset, but it's still it's still an expense. It's not it's not a liability. It's mm-hmm. an asset, but you still got to pay. It's like paying my mortgage. Yeah, but I would say I like, even it's an expense. A footballer and asset. Why if not? He, if he a gets injured, then if he gets injured, then I would you say. Pay hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're paying out, but it's still an asset or a liability. Okay. But to, to maintain that asset or a liability, you still got to pay the expense. Yeah, hundred percent. But I would say the asset pays for itself anyway, because it's like when you got the the club revenue, the fans and all the tickets and yeah, expenses, yeah, yeah. that already pays the stadium maintenance loan, the coaches and everything. Mm, fair and then don't forget the biggest of all TV sponsorships. Mm-hmm. That's all I would say. If you don't know, a lot of club values always go up. And think about it, at the end of a season, they always get that big payout. That's how clubs keep being able to buy more players. Cool. That's what I would say. It's an asset. Cool. And I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. The footballer is just like a property. He's just got 11 properties running around on the pitch. And he, yeah. but he knows what he's gonna, yeah. but he knows what he's gonna do with it. That that the, the reality is, a footballer could probably be a liability. It depends what you use it for. Same way as a house could be a liability, if you're living in it, and it's not necessarily appreciating in value because you're living in an area where that doesn't really go up that much. Yeah. Is it a, is it an asset? Because nah. nah. you know what I mean. Like you, you're paying out for it. If it breaks, you've got to fix it. You're living in an area that's not gonna like quadruple in value. It's not London. You live in like in Grimsby or something like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so don't don't expect nothing crazy from the from the house. It might be an area that's a bit rough where people don't even really want to go down there. No one's mm-hmm. developing around there. Is it an asset? Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not an asset. Especially if the area is like unless that. you turn it into some sort of HMO or something that's going to do a little bit more than usual, and it will mm-hmm. give you a return after you've paid the expenses and the rent. Yeah. So, the reason why I say like. The footballers on 100k a week, top level, sick, mad. But the guy that's cutting in the check might not be on 100k a week because he don't need 100k a week. Mm-mm. He's trying to get rid of 100k a week because he doesn't want to pay the tax. <laughs> the footballer that's getting 100k just on a nice pay slip, how much tax is he paying on that? I always thought that. It's like half. half yeah, yeah. I, I literally thought, yo, them, them ballers that are making like 400k a month, really and truly, they're taking on like 200k. Unless you're like Ronaldo and Messi that have yeah, I mean, they might find the f- in, Yeah, they might find yeah. clever ways if they're really on it. If they're really, yes, I'm saying, if, if they're, they're really, really on, on it. Page, yeah. But when you're just coming from the ends and that, and you just got that, you're like, unless they pair you with like a financial advisor, probably not really. You're probably gonna, you're, you know, you're probably gonna go a few years of paying the higher rate before you're like, oh, hang on, let me, let me clock on. When you, once you mature, yeah. you're just happy to be there. Yeah, I hear it. You know what I mean? But the person cutting the check, that's the real. That's a write-off. That's a write-off. Uh, are we? Are we? Do you, that's why these yachts come out. Because mm. like, mate, either you buy a fifty million pound yacht, or you're gonna pay tax on fifty million pounds. Which one is it? <laughs> is you, which one is it? Because the yacht's not a, the yacht's not an asset. Yeah. It's a, it's an it's an asset in a sense, but it's a write off. Well, I need that to travel from place to place, and we do business meetings on the yacht, right? To, to, or you're gonna have fifty million in the bank cash that's just mm-hmm. coming from this sponsorship. And I'm going to say, well, the longer it stays there, mate, the closer you are to pay me half. 
Yeah, yeah, with you know what I'm saying? These mm-hmm. times, like, the guy probably earns like maybe 20 quid a week and he just uses that just for his normal expenses, pays his driver or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Buys food, just normal stuff. Yeah. Have, have you ever met anyone who's on that level? Or what's the level? That, okay, that point where their expenses are almost like a footballer's where they're paying and they've got an asset. Yeah. Hang on, let me, let me rephrase this. I want to be very clear about this. Um, have I met someone that's a billionaire? Probably. Yeah. Have I met people that are millionaires? Yes, loads of them. Loads of them. Um, and what's that mindset they have that really got them there? I think the people that I've got, you know, I've met two ty- I've met two types of multimillionaires. I won't even talk about the billionaire thing because that's that's a little bit different. Mm. But if you're talking about people that are multi-millionaires, like well in there, I find that there's two types. You've got the type that's actually quite boring and uh, well-educated, just went through a good system, made a few good moves, moves and may have a business that they're sold or a business that they currently have that's doing quite well and is valued at a good amount. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not as relatable to us. It just like they just went through the motions, made some good decisions, and over time they got there. Then you got those that were like super aggressive, more like oh, they, they, they got there more like hustling, like what's that? All right, I reckon we can do something over there. Flip that. The Palais Avenue still got that business, sold it, moved on, done it again. Um, so I would say that the mindsets are quite different. One is more reserved, where it will take them longer to get there, but they're definitely going to get there. The other one's trying to get there right now. Um, it's different styles when it comes to the billionaires though a lot of them either done something significant where it was made within their lifestyle, lifetime or they were they were born into it but one thing I will say that about um, uh, to be honest a lot, a lot of people don't really discuss money when it, when it gets to that level they don't really you know you don't ask a man oh, you're, so you're a millionaire it's not really a thing like that. Mm. Um, you, just, def- you, just know. you just you just have to know. But from someone that I believe um, could be definitely hundreds in, I find that their attitude towards taking risk was very averse. So they weren't really trying to make money. Like they're, they're more on, yeah, how can I just make sure what I've got is safe and growing? Mm. They're happy to just make like a 10% every year. And you know what? To be fair, that's one thing I learned through property as well. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be right though, in a way? Because I feel like once when you're trying to hustle get there, right. you've got really not a lot to lose. Yeah, true. But so when you are, but when you are there, yeah. you have everything to lose. True. I mean, but you have to remember we're coming from a place where everyone's trying to turn one into two. Yeah. Like yeah. the poor man is trying to take a hundred pound and make two hundred pound. The rich man's trying to take a hundred and consistently make hundred and ten, as in put a tenner on top. So, mm. but the the tenner on top is highly achievable and will be done. And then you got the power of the compounding, where it's one year it's one ten, the next year all right it's ten percent on one ten, mm. all right put the put the put the uh, hundred eleven on now, all right now yeah, it's compounding yeah, that yeah, to the yeah. point you know that the whole double in penny thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah, know yeah. after fifty six days you're like a billionaire and all that kind of stuff mm. there. <laughs> but in the in the end we're not thinking about the compound interest. We're not thinking about the long term, yeah. how this small amount will eventually over a long time, done consistently will become something big. It's how mm. can I make a lot now 
that's where you want to gamble. You want a lottery. You like you're gambling your life. You're gambling mm. your freedom. You're gambling everything. I've had people. Say, I've had. I've had. I had a man say to me one time, like, uh, um, like I had a Rolex at the time, and a, and it was a young lad store, and he looked at it and says, "Ah, oh, it's not Boston. It's not even worth it." Huh? I was like. Ah, okay. All right, word, (laughs) word. But that just summed up the whole attitude to me. It's like it's all or nothing when you don't have it. So that's part of the problem as well. Why do you feel like a lot of people think like that? So obviously one of the reasons was because they don't know no better. But do you think it's because as a community we aren't taught these things or showed in schools like yo? Besides taking the main route of a footballer or rapper, there's also other paths you could do. Yeah, um, yeah, just knowledge, just knowledge, man. But um, times have changed though. Because like with social media and stuff like that, like even the stuff that you lads are doing and with the reels and all those kind of things, that becomes the new hustle. Um, I always find that, especially when you're young, people, if you're on it, people tend to actually make a lot of cash flow. You, like you'll find times in your life when you're younger that you make a lot of money in one go or you find something that brings in an income, but it's not knowing what to do with it. That's the problem. Because you ain't got no response, real big responsibilities, probably at home store, like, you got a lot of opportunity to make a lot of cash, but it's what do you do with that? And it's just the investment side of things that we don't understand. And that's why I was saying, like, when I was younger, I used to think that big amounts of cash was the goal, like turnover, gross revenue. That was the goal. But there's a saying that say um, that says uh, like revenue is vanity. It's easy to say a big number. You know what I mean? That's why I said like 60K is a bad month. That's like, you know, what we're going to do, guys? We need to... There's, there's some slack here that we need to pick up. But the reality is, the guy that makes 10K a month and keeps five is doing better than me. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. That's just the reality of it. So chasing big numbers ain't the goal. Unless you, if you're trying to get freedom. Freedom being, I can do nothing and make the same money or I can do something and make a bit more, but all my basic lifestyle necessities and what I, how, the lifestyle I want to live is covered. Which is why these, which is what these guys are talking about when they say about financial freedom through property and mm-hmm. twelve months and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. The, the reality is, you're gonna do a couple of moves and be like making three grand a month. Why do you think people believe the people like that? Because I've also seen like a few people who are on the internet where they talk about something and you just know, like, yeah, realistically, it's not it's not as easy as it what he, what he says. Um, everyone wants to believe though, like. Mm. You want to believe in something. You want to get out of the trap. You like no one wants to be struggling. Mm. Everyone wants to live a nice life. You you definitely seeing what's out there. You seeing other people live a nice life on social media and all that kind of stuff. So why can't it be me too? You know what I mean. So everyone wants to believe that it's gonna work. I think the problem sometimes as well though is people don't take action. So they'll get all the information they need, but then don't do anything with it. Mm. And that's just as bad. It's bad knowing. It's it's it's, it's problem not knowing. But it's worse to know and then not do. You know what I mean? And then that just comes now where how you've been conditioned and your limited factors. Like I'm 32 now and I'm like very aggressive about doing. Super aggressive. And then the reality is probably not even aggressive enough still. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, what were some of the limiting factors you had growing up? Uh, probably trust. Trust. Probably trust, I would say. Trust and network. Network more than trust. So, trust as in, we're growing in a environment where like, areas are split up due to postcode. You don't even know like, 
you, you don't say hello to a person. You know what I'm saying? Like you just like you, you see an expert on the road and you don't know whether you say you're supposed to stay cool, ignore. If you look too long, it's a problem. You know what I'm saying? You don't know if, who they know and if it's someone that your bedroom's got beef with and all them mm -hmm. kind of rubbish there. It's just like so it's just limiting. So you don't know who you can trust. You don't know what their intentions are. Because some people are just bad man. Some people are actually just snakes. It doesn't matter what you show them, doesn't matter what you do, they just want to try and steal something from you. And that's enough for them. They just want the one up just one time. There's no long-term plan. There's nothing clever about it. Just, you've got something nice and shiny. I want to take it. So I've got something nice and shiny. And that's enough satisfaction for me. So you also got to look out for those. Like Not everyone's on a no higher level, no higher frequency, nothing like that. It's just very simple. I'm just trying to snake you, mate. I'm just trying to be up. <laughs> so trust. Um, but then as you become stronger as a person within yourself, you build up your mental, physical, and your own spiritual strength. Like, them things become less of an issue. Like, I'm, I'm not that bothered about anyone at the moment. Like, I'm, I'm very confident in my ability to look after myself in all ways. So then the trust thing is like, well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you love and respect first because I know you can't really do nothing. You're not, you, there's not much you can do to me. So I'm going to give you love and respect first. We all know where we stand. And if there's an issue after that, I know it's 100% you. It's not me. Okay. So trust. And then networking. We don't talk to each other enough. And again, that's not necessarily within the community, just with anyone. We've got, we could like, you, you, can, you, you can literally DM billionaires right now. Some, there's some guys out there that are just super millioned off and they handle their own social media account. They got like 500 followers. We don't even know, you know who they are. You know them ones? Yeah. Like, especially like in IT. Like some of these tech guys, like you can literally just message them, and if you catch them right, like they'll, you know what I mean, guys are sliding in girls' DMs, sliding a, a billionaire's DMs the same way. Like you just, ah, oh, she posted a story, catch her now. You know them ones? <laughs> yeah, that's my tune too. You know, I was rather just listening to that. You can catch them the same way, but everyone's attention is on the wrong thing. Yeah, you know, literally on the wrong thing. But these guys are there, and they will talk back because you'll find that those people have been so focused on getting to where they want to go they're mm. more desperate for the social side of things they're happy to have friends so networking like right now i am in a situation where if someone wants to network and it, and it obviously makes some sort of sense i won't say no because i don't know who can bring something to the table i want to know more people and i want more people to know me you know what i mean because i don't know how i could help them on their journey or they could help me so networking the earlier you can network with more people is good and to be fair, through like all the previous businesses and stuff like I used to do, like it did allow me to network pretty well, to yeah. be fair. So before I got into property, like I did know enough people to now when I'm doing this, I can reach back out to them, like, oh, you know, I'm doing this now. How are you? What are you doing mm. now? You know, maybe we should talk about helping you to get into this space. Okay. You know what I mean? So networking, trust and networking, but the trust. I, I don't really think you can change that. It's more about working on yourself so you can inspire that trust quicker rather than you're standing off, they're standing off and nothing ever happens. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you, the other day we had a conversation with someone and mm. obviously you said you're more of doing it now, action. He was doing roughly 16 hours of work every day. Mm -hmm. what, what, what do you think about that? Is that enough action, too much action? To be honest, I work like that anyway. Like, to my, like, from I wake up, my thing is how quickly can I 
get into a work mode. Um, and then it's a, how much of the day can I get out before I need to go to sleep? So it's like, I sleep like 12 to 6. Every, mm. The other times I'm trying to do something towards my goals. So I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that, but you have to know when you're working effectively. You can't just be there and you're not really doing nothing. Like as long as you constantly auditing yourself to say, "Hang on, am I being effective though? Could I do something better?" Mm-hmm. To be honest, I tur- I do a lot of hours because I'm a big procrastinator, and I actually waste a lot of time. Yeah. So that I have to do more hours because I need to make up for the time that I'm not really doing much. A lot of the time, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. Like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about things that are either directly or indirectly related to the work that I'm doing. But either way, I'm not necessarily moving the wheels forward all the time. I'm moving them forward subconsciously, but I'm not directly turning the wheels, so I have to do longer hours. Okay. I reckon I could probably have a four-hour day, a five-hour day, and be just as effective. But I haven't learned that, I haven't learned that skill yet. Okay. So I would say it will probably come over time. Do you believe in balance? I think um, balance is important, but it takes time to know what balance is for you. So, like, okay, I so feel balance for you. Um, physical health has allowed me to um, find more balance, like going to the gym and all those kind of things there, and like really investing in myself. Because while I'm training, one, I'm building up my body, but two, I am, um, I can't necessarily do anything. I can't, I can't be on a laptop. I can't be on the phone. I'm focused on that. So it's 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 taking me away. It's taking my focus away from work, doing something positive. Mm-hmm. And then um, also having kids. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely committed to them. And I'm making sure that whatever happens, they've got a good dad there. And whatever benefits you get from having a father figure there, a strong father, father figure, I want to make sure they've got that. They're not going to turn 20 and talk about, Dad, you weren't there. You weren't doing it. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have that conversation. So... That also affects my balance. So really, between family, work, and fitness, that's that's my Definitely. that's my that's my balance. So having the commitments, having like duties and tasks, to me helps with balance. If you've got a free life, especially when you're young and you ain't got no kids, you ain't even got no real outgoings and all that kind of stuff. It's hard to have a balance because what's the balance supposed to be? Mm. You might as well just go and just run it up, go and get your bag. The balance is supposed to be you and your bag. That's it. Not, not, don't, don't throw no girls or opposite sexes into the mix. Just, just leave that because mm. they, ain't, they ain't got their balance. So you're going to be two unbalanced, unbalanced people trying to do what? Mm. Just, just nonsense. Mm. And then if you are on, if you're unfortunate to be in a situation where you're young and have a child and you can't work it out, now you, now you're super unbalanced. Like you're starting life on, on like a back foot. Mm. It's not, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. And then from that now, you, now you're really trying to run it up quick because now you even feel within yourself you're behind. And then that's when you start getting yourself into bad paths and trouble and all those kind of things. You're playing catch up. I wanted to ask you, mm. what, what type of social housing makes the most money? Because I don't think you mentioned it. I can't say what makes the most money, but the more specialized you get, the mm-hmm. more money you're going to get. But it comes with a like just you more can get work. ten grand you can get ten grand a week for a bed. But just but just know that they've done their calculations. So it sounds good. You will you you will live that lifestyle of ten grand a week, but what consequences does that come with? 
That's a lot of responsibility. Ten grand worth of responsibility. And I, I'm just throwing a number out there. It could be more. It could be less. Like it could be a lot more. But it all comes with responsibility. So if people are trying to jump in this thinking about money, that's not. It's not the right way. Because you're playing with lives. You know what I mean? Like you have a real responsibility to care, nurture. That don't like to use the word love in the industry because that becomes too too subjective. But love should be an, a factor in it. You know what I mean? If I if I open up a children's home, they're my children. 100% of my children. Yeah, yeah. You know what yes. I mean? I'm if I'm hearing something ain't right, I'm losing I'm losing sleep as if one of my children never had something right with them. Which is why I haven't opened up a children's home. Because it's just like, you know what, I, I haven't got that emotional space to deal with it. Yeah. But people are just opening them up because I heard they can get 10 bag. And it's a bit like, so what happens when that child self-harms? Because they, are, they have got needs why they're giving you that kind of money for them to be with you. What happens when one of them used punch you in your face? Because that's what's going on. What happens when a punch in your face said that you you touched them and run off? Because that's what ten. That's what that's what this big money is about. These are the problems that these youths are going through. Mm. They're coming from these kind of environments, and then people are just saying, "Yeah, ten grand, yeah, man, nice. Fill the house with three of them. I'm up." Until one of these things happens. And then what? You ain't got the skill, the training, the care, the empathy to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So, people need to know what comes with the money, because yeah. with big money comes anything. It's like a footballer. Footballers getting like fifty k a week. One because the money's within the industry, but yo, the guy's training every single day, three, four times a day, not eating this, disciplined a lot. It comes with a sacrifice. So it doesn't matter what 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 you're doing, as long as you're willing to make the sacrifice, then that's fine. But then how many men do you know that got scouted and just never got through? It's quite a lot. Because they wasn't willing to make the sacrifice. Mm. They weren't willing to put other things behind so that they could actually excel in that industry. So the money doesn't really mean anything because you won't get it for long. It's just going to be another hustle. It's just going to be another flip. It's just going to be another short-term thing. It's going to be... Remember when I used to get that money? One of them ones? What does money mean to you? Uh, and do you believe you're chasing money? Nah, I'm not chasing money, man. Nah, you're not. I'm not chasing money. I've chased money. Um, I've been through, been through a lot of money, but um, at this point now, I, I understand the idea of exchanging value more. I want to offer more value because I know that money will be coming as a, a byproduct of that. Um, I'm more interested in like real influence. I want to influence where I live and w- and and what I'm doing. I want to create a legacy for my children where it's just like. Yo, your, your dad raw. Yo, your dad was a big man. You know, he done some things. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm more interested in that. Um, in terms of money, yes, I do want a lot of money. There's a things that, are, there's a lifestyle that I want. But um, chasing money, no, it's just a tool. It's just, it's not, it's not, um, it's not a real thing. It's, it's digits on the screen. It's not even cash anymore. It's just numbers on the screen. Mm. You know what I mean? So, nah, chasing the value, creating a, something solid that produces that money for you mm. rather than you chasing the money produce the thing do you do you have do you make monies in other ways through property apart from social housing yeah so um i manage properties on behalf of people i also do consulting so someone i i, I actually like the consulting sometimes more where people have got uh let's just say weird and wonderful problems in property that you can't just go to like the high street agent to fix so they'll come to me because I'll create, I'll make creative solutions and help them through those issues. 
and they'll pay me a fee to do it. So, yeah. Okay. So I want to know, honestly, a question. Um, so obviously growing up mm. and obviously growing through, obviously you said constantly changing, bearing yourself. Did you lose a lot of friends on the way? Uh, I wouldn't really say so, you know, because I never really had a lot of friends. Like, not, not even like through being unpopular or outcast or anything like that. It's just I just never, I was never really that close to much people. Just like, just a small circle of people. It was always a small circle thing. Because it's like, when you, I was on, I was on my thing from early, so we're not really, it's not, it's not, it's not, I wouldn't say I was antisocial, it's just, I'm kind of, I'm just doing my thing. Mm. So like, when you Did really. you always focus though? Kind of. Did you ever find any distractions? Yeah, man, there's always going to be distractions, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Just just the normal distractions that you get. What were some of the distractions? Girl, I'm not, just, just, you're just <laughs> going to get distracted, you know what I'm saying? Like, you might, you might be chasing girls and all this mm. just normal stuff and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But it was always about, it was always, about, it was about the money. It was about the money from young. It was about the money from young because I was very aware of the things that were available. Um, I had a, a, my granddaddy was um, very involved in like the stock market from a young time, from a young age. And um, so like, like my mum would like pop out and I had to go step my granddad for a little bit and all that kind of stuff there. You'd be watching like, it wasn't even Bloomberg at the time, but just imagine you go to your, your, your grandparents and Bloomberg's on the screen, no cartoons, no nothing. Mm. You'd be buying the FT, you'd be buying the FT. So like through looking at the, um, like the, there's a magazine called How to Spend It in the FT. Like the FT is just a big broad street, words, 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 words. But the magazine now, like you open it up and you'll see like Graf Diamonds, Harry Winston, Rolex, you'll see private jets and all kind of things there because it's selling to the rich people. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a wealthy, it's a magazine for, for wealthy people. So that's where they're targeting. So that would just became like my way of um, passing the time, looking at those pages and ah, oh, oh, Chanel, what's this? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like Chanel Sofa. Not if not not, not the club. Sofa. Yeah, not not not, not the club. Like it'd be it'd be dumb things though. Like though it'd be like a company selling um boiling water out the tap. Like now that's not that much of a deal. But back well, then, back then yeah, it was just like way. boiling water. You mean not a kettle? How did they not burn themselves? Like it was mad. You know what I mean? Or like uh, flat screen TVs. Because uh, yeah. big back flat screens were always a thing. It used to be big back TVs. You get yeah, I, I, remember I remember that. Like yesterday, you know what I'm saying? The HD TVs. So, <laughs> so imagine when the first flat one, ultra flat, first come out, like like say ten grand a TV for like a thirty inch. That's for a thirty inch. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it's brand new technology, <laughs> like Blu-ray discs and all those kind of things. They're like yeah. brand new, brand new, brand new. Five grand for a DVD player, but it's in this magazine. You get me? Yeah. It's in this magazine. And then you flip the page and it's like charter reject. Man's jumping off the jet with like the Louis V bag with the shades <laughs> on and everything there, you get me? This is yeah. early though. Yeah. So I'm seeing this and I'm like, nine. I'm like, oh, this is crazy. This is crazy. that what the man at home? Yeah. I mean, you could get the paper now and you're going to see something that we, ha- we don't have we don't now. Have, no. Yeah. What's, what's the paper called? Oh, Financial Times. Tell us, I love it. Financial Times. Like, you should just buy it like a Sunday though. Buy it on a Sunday. If you buy it during the week, you'll be bored. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I I do buy it now every now and again because it, like you will understand what's going on. So what's some of the stuff that you saw recently in that newspaper? I haven't bought it recently. Yeah, I, I haven't bought it recently. I haven't bought it recently. But I also I got into a habit of buying it from my granddad. So like every oh, every dude. weekend I'd buy it and just give it to him and I'd take out the paper like to this age. Mm. You know what I mean? So I will look at the paper and I will see the stuff. So like they'll be selling like I can't even I can't even. It's just. 
they are selling luxury to the rich and they're selling experience. So like one of the things I saw like last week was um uh like um safari tours. But the tours mm. will be like they don't even have a price in there, it'll just be like price on you know when you ask. When you ask. But you're you like it's like the whole idea of like the safari where um go to Kenya, do the safari, but stay in a luxury five star hotel and you got you know, when you got the mm. giraffes eating through the window and all them what? things on Instagram. Like all that Instagram high level travel stuff, there's yeah. there's like there's travel agents for that. And this is where they'll advertise if it's not on social yeah. media. So I don't put on social media for people like that. Yeah, because yeah. they don't want everyone to know. They don't want everyone to, everyone to know. It's like I was um, watching a documentary about like um, St. Bart's the other day. And um, they were saying, I like to get to St. Bart's, that only a maximum of a 15 seater jet can get there. So you can't, like, you're not going to get, a, you're not going to go from like London to St. Bart's or not like that. So you, you have to have a private jet to get there. They're in a boat that goes over there. You have to have a private jet. And not a, a very specific private jet as well. It can't be above a certain size because the runway is too small. But if you don't know these places exist, you don't you don't know. You don't you you got nothing to aspire to. Yeah. Now I'm thinking, yo, how much is it to charter the jet from Saint from from say Europe to St. Bart's? And how much would it be to get my whole family on there? Mm. So what was that what was so was there anything specific? that you saw that made you think, yo, that's what I need everything, to get to. Man. Everything, everything in that everything, newspaper. Everything. Everything. That's not just the newspaper, but just everything. Just, just from younger, just like, you know what, there's more to this. There's definitely more to this. And I, I need, like, a, I can't live a life of not experiencing it. Do you feel like um, once you got exposed to it, you couldn't unsee it? No, you can't unsee what you've seen. Yeah, isn't that what we're speaking about? Like, once you see the you stuff see you it. see, you can't unsee oh, yeah, yeah, it. You can't unsee it. it, man. You can't unsee it. And I, I think I spent a lot of my youth chasing those experiences as well like i traveled a lot when i really look back now i traveled a lot for my age like 25 and under between yeah. like 18 and 25 i went as, i've been to china and everything by that point you know what i mean dubai china like all that stuff man. i don't know all that young because i was just chasing and i remember i remember even going to dubai and i stayed in the shangri-la but i stayed in the shangri-la because i had seen it in the paper at the, like as a child and it was just always been like when it comes to the east that was the pinnacle of uh hot hotels and yeah. um you know s service mm. and it was it was torn up was it sick it was sick man <laughs> it, was sick. <laughs> it was sick it was sick it was sick so yeah you are influenced by the things that you see at a young age so i would say expose yourself to more see more you know what I'm saying? Like all these, like social media is kind of the thing now, but don't follow the people. Follow the, follow the actual sources. Like when someone's like, you see like your, your favorite influencer and that like it's from Tonop Hotel. Follow the hotel. Don't follow the person because you're going to see way more people on that hotel feed than that one person living that one experience at one time. Go to the source of the experience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Go to the source, man. How much does consultancy pay? Uh, you put your price on it. So basically, whatever the services, they just say, yo, this is how much I'll pay for you. This is how much I want. Mm. But it takes some time to build up the confidence to actually ask for what you want. Um, it's like you understand how to make the rules and stuff like that. Mm. If I didn't know and I wanted to learn and you know what it could potentially be value, value that for that person, you might say, I want a thousand pounds. 
Because once I give you this game, you can go on to make tens of thousands over a period of time if you take it seriously. And if you and if you actually make a little proper structure and like you know print it out and present it in a way where I can take what you said away and go and use that, why not? You might say five thousand pounds. The only difference between the two is how prepared you were for me to ask you for it and for you to give it to me. Mm. So there ain't no there ain't no limit on consultancy. It just depends how well you know your field and then how you position yourself. Okay, I want to ask you my personal question, and that's what's seven things that you can't live without? Seven? Yeah. You okay. said that like... <laughs> seven. Just saying, it could have been ten, but... Okay. Oh, they are. Yeah, seven. I don't really think I have like, something to think about still. Um, my, my, like, my, my family, like my immediate family. Mm-hmm. Um, my health. Um, a vehicle. Okay. I need to be able to move around, man. That's the first no person, first person yeah. to say yeah. that. Yeah. My phone. Mm-hmm. I need good, good connection to data and all that kind of stuff there. Um, that it's not really a tangible thing, but my ability to network. Okay. That's something like I've developed. It's not normal. I've developed it over time. Um, uh, I couldn't live without, like, um, it, it might sound weird, but I couldn't live without the opportunities that I'm actually moving towards. So, like, for example, if uh, if I was growing up in a, if I was growing up in, a, in a, an environment where there was actually nothing to aspire to, like, the world ended tomorrow and we're just, this is it, we're just in this room, it's just like, uh. I ain't really got, well, what's the worst of drive that, like, I need the drive, I need something to, to, to move towards. And if you told me, like, there's nothing to move towards, this is it. Like we're living in like Soviet Russia or something like that. Like, no, you'll never get past this point in life. Yeah, I couldn't live without opportunities because I have to have something to chase. I have to have something to work towards. So mm-hmm. if it was like genuinely, there was like this is the ceiling. You are not going above this. Yeah, it's a problem. Um, and something a bit like my my Google Calendar, like I use like organization. I, yeah, my, I use that differently. Like. I'll plan the travel time. Like, let me show you something. Oh, you plan the travel time? Yeah, as well? yeah, yeah. So yeah no, I don't see yours. Let's get it. Box stuff like yeah. that. So, like, we're, we're finishing kind of just on time now. Yeah. You see where you are yeah, in it? Yeah, yeah. I see. That's serious. Travel to. Can't even see where I'm in. Go slide the other way. No, no, no. That red side off. So there's you there. Yeah. That was the travel to you. Okay. You've done it to a T. But we're we're kinda like we're we're all right, man. So what what happens when it don't go to plan? It does go to plan. (laughs) It does. It does. Well obviously something happens, but traffic's mad. But that's accounted for though. Because 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 now because I I I Google it, I, I Google the traffic time at that time. Google knows. If there's going to be traffic or not. Yeah, it's true still. Yeah. It's, it's going to know. It's got enough data to say, you know, it's mm. probably going to be a bit peak right now. So I travel, I, I factor that in. I factor in extra time yeah. for it. See, that's, that's, that's a big... You, you that's do yours different. So I just got mine like, yo, today, this is what I need to do. Yeah, yeah everyone I, does that. I just do it most important and that's it. Now, nah, for me, I, I don't do the travel time, but I'll account the travel time into like gym, let's say. Mm. So like, if I know I'm going to be you, an hour and a half longer. in the gym, yeah, yeah. I'll nah, I wanna, like two and a half or something. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. I have to be like that. That does make sense, though. It makes you know how long you yeah. take to do certain things. 
And, and that's why I say sometimes I know I procrastinate because during that time, the time is free, but it doesn't mean I'm going to complete the task necessarily. So I'm yeah. not perfect. Like I will be at the gym, I will do that. But it could be like finish this assignment or finish this test or whatever, like wh mm -hmm. something where it's like an admin thing. Mm -hmm. That's where my problem starts. But then I've got a staff. You know what I mean? So like I'll do as much as I can to like outs like delegate the task yeah. to one of my assistants. Yeah. So yeah. it might just be in a time of complete X tax. I've just said to my assistant, Can you do this? And when she comes back, I'll consider it done. Okay. My final question <laughs> to you is if you were to do this all again, starting from the beginning at a young age, how would you do it differently? I would have went I would have went in quicker and I would have isolated myself more. Like Definitely. To be honest, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really change anything now because everything that's happened has, has led me to this position. But I can only speak as if I'm speaking to someone younger than me, or I'm speaking okay. to one of my sons. So let's say you keep to give us young advice, or even yeah. I'll tell my son this now: like, yo, don't worry about no girls. Don't don't worry about your mates and that, because most of them ain't gonna be there when the when later on. Don't worry about who looks cool now, because trust me, they're gonna be washed up later. Just stay focused on you. Expose yourself to as much like of what's out there in the world as possible so you know what you actually want to do, get an understanding of what you want to do quickly. And what you want to do might not, might not be what you like. It might just be a very clear path that makes sense. You know what I mean? There's loads of other things I want to do other than social housing, but the reality is if I continue down this path, especially leveling up in the way that I want to do, yeah. it would get me to where I want to go. So, you know, like changing that route and finding the other creative ways of you know doing amazing things it's a bit of a luxury unless you already know that that's locked in just stay focused stay focused on one thing for a very long time because that's what's going to make you the expert that's going to what's going to make you know how to handle it and how to grow so focus on one thing for a long time louder mates louder girls save as much as possible don't worry about no drip because trust me you, you, next season that, that drip was going to be old season don't even matter true, you know true, what I'm saying yeah. and if you wash it wrong one time the drip's dead don't. just don't worry about that just if anything just make sure you got some decent crap the rest of it can just be from like Zara or H&M trust me most people don't care if you're going to buy jewellery just make sure you get it insured car I, I remember I had a rolly one time and I went in the sea but the, um, I didn't close the uh, I didn't close the bezel correctly like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and water got in it what I got, I did, I did, like I changed, I changed, I was in a different time zone, so I did, I changed the time zone, but I didn't, you possibly like lock it, it and screw it. Yeah, 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 but I didn't lock it, and water got in there, but I had good insurance. Like the, the insurance was so good that when I got it back, I never wore it again. I never shutted it, and I made like a bag on it. <laughs> yeah, because it was like they, it was fresher than I gave it to them. Like, the, like I bought it second, and I had a few scoffs on it, uh, no box, no papers. It was just like a receipt. But they gave me when you when you. Um, send it to Rolex, they'll fix everything. They don't said they don't just fix the part that's broke, they'll fix yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, they'll yeah, fix yeah, everything. Yeah. They'll give it a service and they'll give you a little card as well for the service. That's so damn near like having papers. I said, ah, oh, with the blue sticker on it, Eric, I, said, I can't touch this, I can't wear this again. Yeah. I just sold it's it right immediately. Now. But get insurance. So, yeah, just stay focused on yourself. Don't spend more than you have to. If you're going to spend it because you feel like you need it, fine, but make sure it's insurable and don't spend it on like, expensive clothes and things that ain't gonna appreciate in value just save as much as you can save as much as you got a window just go in go in and network as much as you can like do work for free find other people that are higher up than you and say oh can i just stand next to you can i help you can i be of assistance you just learn the game learn 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 
Like, the reality is where I am now, I probably could have done at 21, really. Like, if I had someone that would have just yeah. been there to show me. But the people are there, you know what I mean? But if you're distracted, you just, by the time you, like, lift your head up, you realise, I'm gonna, I'm getting to, like, a past, like, say, 25. But that's how the game's designed to be. It's designed to keep young people in the illusion of youth for as long as possible so that by the time that they even decide that they want to do something better with their life, their life's, the, the key years have passed. They've already got responsibilities. Yeah, they're locked in. And even then, they're, they're trying to drag it out because like most people don't have yards. Most people are not home, homeowners. You know what I mean? Most people are not responsible parents looking after their children. They're still just trying to look after themselves. Most men just have them cars, bro. If you ain't moved out, you got a car that's like eight bills on finance or something <laughs> crazy. Just, and that's mad because when I was coming up, man actually owned their cars. Mm. Now you now you really got a lie. At least you could shut it. Yeah, you're stuck. You could write it off and still owe the finance. Mm. This is mad. Mm. It's mad. It's crazy. It's <laughs> <laughs> So looking back at our generation, what are some of the things you see that, that you think is worrying? I'm not, but I, I can't say because everyone's, every generation has its worrying things. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, can only, I don't even want to look at what, what I would probably consider a negative. Um, I would say it's less worrying to me because you've got more opportunities. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Everyone was quick to hit the road when I was young, but um, now you've got other outlets. So I don't really see it as a negative thing. But what I do see is worrying is with all of this, not everyone is working together as much as they probably could because you could literally just... A team of serious men can just take over everything quick. We, we always said that. We was like, yo, if we had another person at least, yeah, mm. our workload could double. With just one. Just one. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. There's like and there's already two of us. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, just... You need to form more consortiums, more groups, more team of just strong, certain men that are just willing to work together. Put egos aside. If there's an issue, all right, we're going to sit down, we're going to talk about it as a group. Mm. If you can get that, there's nothing you can't do. I got my faith in AI, though. I can't lie. Yeah, AI kind of helps. Sell stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's the yeah. feeling for right now. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. AI's number, there's a third man. Yeah, yeah, yeah AI is the third man. Is the third man. Yeah. AI's yeah. good, man, but you still have to have skills, man. Because no, if, if they switch that, off yeah. that AI for a minute or it goes dark, what, what you're left with, you need to be valuable. Mm. Not True. valuable with the tool. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Right, we'd like to definitely thank you. Thank you for that, man. Yeah, man. That was a really good podcast. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks, bro. Thanks for coming down. Yeah, Learned a lot bless. about the housing as well. Because I had some family that wanted wanting to go into that. Met someone else that retired from housing as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He said he's got like three properties. Three HMOs, I think. And that was enough? That was enough, apparently. Fair play, man. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes gym and chills. Sounds, <laughs> sounds good, man. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Thank, Thank you, man. man. Yeah, man.